0: Light good. Never on. Whoa! Hard.
1: Hardly. Come on, Brent. Light good. Got real close. Hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds. Have no. they saved oh. it for it. her? Yes, they
0: have. Who? Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside as always. Hello, Scott.
1: Sean, you're a podcaster. You've done a lot of podcasts in your life. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you, how many how many times does it take to start a podcast before it's like really gold?
0: Certainly two. At least two.
1: At least two? Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, I No reason I asked that question. Just uh, curious.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes you just want to know what uh, people's strategies are when they're creating things like this.
1: For sure. For sure. Because, yeah. uh, you know, like I say, you've done a lot. So um uh, interested on your perspective yeah i think maybe even around like 500 Is is a lot yeah i think like we've we've almost maybe done
0: 500 I, maybe i don't know like certainly in the the history one it's over 240 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know whatever this one hey hey it's uh but it's a lot of fun to chat especially Scott, this week, there is a lot going on in the world of curling here in early November 2023. What has captured your attention? Where do you want to start?
1: Sean, let's start at the beginning, which is always a good place to start. It's a very good place to start. (laughs) How about we talk about the end of the Pan Continental Championships? We were here last week uh, or whenever it was to talk about it and... Uh, you know, we're midway through the event at that point, since then, uh, the results have come in. We know who's qualified for the world championships. So, uh, let's start there and let's start with, you know, Brad Gushu, uh, you know, talking some smack about the, the event and then saying, you know what, I'm just going to go win it. And, <laughs> uh, that's enough of that. So, uh, Canada beating Korea in the final, uh, is it eight to three? A couple of uh, big steals there for Gushu. Steals of two uh, en route to the victory. And on the bronze medal side, Japan prevailing over Team USA in nine ends. The other team qualifying for the world side of the men's side is New Zealand. We knew that they were the ones, I think. It was going to come down to uh, the U.S. or New Zealand for that final playoff berth. And the U.S. pulled out the win. Anything uh, speak to you at this event?
0: Yeah, so just to clarify that, Scott, both the United States and New
1: Zealand are in the worlds, even yeah, though, they're both in the worlds, but yeah, it was just about who would make the playoffs. Who would make the
0: playoffs? Yeah. So those are your five teams on the men's side, Canada, Japan, South Korea, the Americans, and New Zealand. I think it's good for New Zealand. like that's two years in a row now for Anton Hood and his guys. Mm-hmm. There was a great story recently in the New York Times, actually, that uh, profiles Anton Hood and his team, because, Scott, do you know where they are currently living? They're living at
1: a senior's residence.
0: (laughs) Yeah, out in Calgary. It's a really cool story. They wanted to come over to Canada for a bigger part of the season to train, to improve, to get better. And... Obviously finances are an issue there and the seniors residents had some empty rooms and offered it up for the guys provided they paid the hydro or something. So Hmm. they're living there. A couple of them have day jobs, uh, part-time and and they go out. But from all accounts, the members of the home love them. They're bringing energy to the place. Some of them are going out to their league games and bringing signs and stuff. And according to the article, being a little nitpicky on some of the calls, uh, offering some <laughs> unsolicited strategic advice to Anton Hood and his guys. So a really cool story that I would uh, recommend to you if you have a New York Times subscription or have access to the New York Times. Really, really cool, uh, and a lot of quotes from the members of the community there who are who are living with these guys. And uh, so a really cool story. So that's the one for me on the men's side, I think, Scott, that uh, that stands out of those five teams have qualified.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, there's no real huge surprise, uh, with those names. Maybe you're surprised Australia didn't make it instead of New Zealand, but, uh, maybe not. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, that's a pretty cool story for, for a team New Zealand. Do we want to talk about the B side men before we move over to the, to the women? Well, we'll note before we get to the B side that at the bottom of the A side, it is
0: Guyana who is going yes. down. They were relegated to the B side for next year, which means that somebody gets promoted from the B side. Scots, was there an upset?
1: Was there an upset? Uh no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> there was, there uh, was that. no. China uh, beat the Philippines. Uh, maybe a little surprised about, uh, about the Philippines being in that game, but uh, well done. Nice week for them. And then uh, our friends of the show, Team Hong Kong, Sean, uh, capturing yeah. the bronze medal against Mexico. So congratulations to Jason and the team. Well done. Well done. Absolutely. Now
0: with China being promoted from the B side to the A side, I think we'll, we'll talk about this in more detail on the women's side because it's a little different. But nevertheless, I think for Australia and Chinese Taipei, those were the sixth and seven finishers in the A side. Going into next year, you would expect that those are the two countries that you'd be looking at for relegation in all likelihood. So China being back in is bad news for those two teams. Obviously bad news for all those teams in the B as well, who didn't get out. So it... Mm-hmm does make the pan continental a deeper field a better field because china does field better teams than some of the other countries that are participating at this point in their development so good news for the event as a whole probably the depth of the field but bad news for some of those teams
1: yeah bad news for some of those teams but uh you know this is because china didn't field teams last year uh for any of the competitions that's why they were in the b-side to begin with so yeah, we're likely to see them, uh, you know, up and contending for one of those world berths next year.
0: Yeah. So, congratulations to them. Let's uh, head on over then to the women's side, Scott, where you had a repeat of last year's final. Actually, you had that on the men's side too. Canada, South Korea was mm-hmm. the final last year. Same thing this year. And it was South Korea. Team Gim comes up with the win over Team Fujisawa in the final. I didn't see any of this game, Scott. Did you?
1: I did not, Sean. No. Okay. So So, a lot of in depth analysis we can offer.
0: (laughs) So Team Gim wins 11 to 6 there. Uh, They went back and forth with deuces through the first three ends. Fujisawa cracks a three. Two right backs. So through five ends, it was six to five, and then six six after six, and uh, Fujisawa did not score after that. So eleven to six for Team Gim. Congratulations to them, bronze medal side. It was Tabitha Peterson stealing the win in the eleventh end from Carrie Anderson and Team Canada. So Carrie Anderson's drought of gold medals in international competition continues. And doesn't get a medal at all at this event. So, congratulations to Tabitha Peterson. As it relates to the World Championships, obviously, those four teams of South Korea, Japan, Canada, the United States are in, as is Team New Zealand again. So, second straight year for Team New Zealand on both the men's and women's side getting in. Scott, that is a cool story two years in a row.
1: Absolutely. They get in on the strength of a tiebreaker against uh, Taipei, Chinese Taipei. So uh, congratulations to them there. They're a team that I would expect not to get get a lot of wins at Worlds, but uh, good for them to be there for sure. At the bottom of the field, Sean, we had uh, Australia finishing in last place uh, in part well, due to their loss to Team Mexico. Yeah. They both finished with one in six records and Australia will be the one going down to the B division next year.
0: Yeah. So tough break there for Jennifer Westag and, and her team. But yes, you do have to beat Mexico, frankly, to uh, to get in. They did beat New Zealand and Jessica Smith and uh, Jessica mm-hmm. Smith was two and five, but she gets in because she beat Chinese Taipei So Cynthia Liu and her team just miss out on a world spot there so uh, a lot of competition there between the bottom four teams not really much separation comes down to those tiebreakers. should note too really cool story of jessica smith if, if you're unfamiliar with it you can just google her i think we've talked about it on the show before but a really cool story of uh, what she's gone through over the past couple of years health-wise so uh, encourage you to check out stories that have been written about her so uh, congratulations to them and down on the B side, Scott,
1: no upset on the men's side. How
0: about on the women's side?
1: It was uh, not a cool runnings day for <laughs> Team Jamaica. They got uh, pretty badly uh, beaten by Team China. But again, uh, something that we expected going in, given that China had not fielded teams for last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they win 11-3. to uh, The big blow was a... Uh, a six ender in the fourth end, which made it nine to one. And it was kind of rote after that. So, but, uh, pretty cool, honestly, to see Jamaica go through this event four and one, their only losses were to China. Uh, yeah. so an awesome news on that front for a developing curling nation and, uh, yeah, just a, a really great week and something that they'll definitely look to build on next year.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, congratulations to them. What a cool story. I recommend to uh, Rocks Cross Pond. They did an episode on Jamaican curling. It was more focused on the men's side, but you get a sense of what the organization of that body has been. So would encourage you to check that one out. Uh, and as you say, China going up, China was represented by Han Yu and her team. Of course, Han Yu won the Pacific Asia gold medal back in 2019. So this team does have some experience. Well certainly Han Yu does. There's been lineup change along the way, but Han Yu and her team uh, really good. Uh, this is a team that going into next season and even later through this season, you can expect them very young to make some noise as they continue to develop here as a team now that they can get back on that international stage. She's only 23 years old, Scott. So You know, we talked about it on the men's side, certainly on the women's side. There's there's more of a history of Chinese teams having success at the highest level on the women's side than there is on the men's side. And being such a young team, already having success on the international stage when they were they're super young now, they were even younger in 2019. I think that's how time works. So you uh, you you would expect that they'll continue to grow and get better and uh, be a threat not only at this event, but at the world's moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This uh, team was really highly touted coming out uh, of the juniors. So uh, good to have them back on the world stage and excited to see what they can do uh, in the years to come. Yeah. So in the B side on the women's, there wasn't really a lot
0: of competition for China. Scott, they played six games, five in the round robin, and then that gold medal game. What do you think their point differential
1: was? Um, I'd say they probably averaged 10 point differential. So 60 plus 60.
0: That's uh pretty impressive, Scott. Uh, the differential was 59.
1: Oh, dang.
0: Pretty close. 59. They, I uh, mean, they went 68 points for nine points
1: against nine points against is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but, Definitely. uh, you no, I saw best. I saw the score of their game against Jamaica in the the last game of the round Robin. And that was yeah. 10 points. No, so that was more. That was that, a, that was a 14 nil. Oh, was it? I thought it was 12 to two, but maybe I was looking at something different. Oh, excuse so, me. Yes.
0: Or my apologies. I was looking at the Brazil score. Yes. 12 to two, the final uh, Jamaica game and the final game of the round Robin. They also skunked Kenya 13 nil Philippines, 18 to one. So all blowouts for China there.
1: Yes, yes. So uh, you know, hopefully, with them being back up in the A, we'll get a little more competition in the B and uh, a little, a little more, more even games uh, and a, a nice worthy uh, person or, or team to move up into the A division yeah. next year and like build on that success. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And that's I, I think that's why they have it in this. Format with the AB, right? Is that you want somebody to, or you want teams to like come through, but also you don't want those blowouts, right? Those team, a team that's clearly an A team at this point. Yeah. You just want them up in A. And it's not quite at the Euros level yet, where some of the B teams can compete with the A. Uh, it's not quite there, right? Yet. So, not quite there uh, yet, but not, uh, not quite yet. So, that is the second edition of the Pan Continental. In the days since Devin Haru has done an episode of That Curling Show, talked to Brad Gushu, who was not backing off his comments at all. And, I mean, I I wouldn't expect him to. And uh, Jill Officer and a member of the WCF responded to those comments, you know, just trying to get better every day, basically taking the John Beck approach to This event. So we'll see what happens. No announcement for next year in terms of where this will be. But obviously I think some changes are going to come about because when Brad Gushu talks, people do tend to listen.
1: Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, Sean, you're right. Uh, John Beck, for those of you who don't know, a quarterback for the Washington football team a few years ago and wasn't very good, but, you know, he was just, Trying to get better every day was this quote. To so That's all you can do. Just go out there and try to get do. better every go day. Out. Yep. Work hard. Try to get better. So, uh, so there you have it. That's a wrap on the PCCCs. See you <laughs> again next fall. <laughs> it's in the pocket, on the books, out of sight. So
0: let's move on to the Canadian Mixed Curling Championship. That is going on in beautiful Barrie. Ontario, Scott. We're familiar with Barry. Been there once or twice uh, in yeah, our I've been days. There. Yeah, I've so as we sit here on Thursday evening recording, they are into the championship pool portion of the event, and it is Manitoba at the top of the table currently undefeated. That is Kyle Kurz and his team, that includes Beth Peterson, Ian McMillan, and Melissa Kurz. So really good team there. Uh, They posted a photo uh, Melissa and Beth did uh, with uh, their babies uh, or with babies. Uh, I'm assuming they're both their babies, but maybe they're not their babies. I don't know. They they had babies with them uh, in this photo. So very cute uh, event there uh, or photo there for them. And they are undefeated. Paul Fleming and his team from Nova Scotia are tied with Saskatchewan for second place. Paul Fleming is a name that might be familiar to you. He's been to a few briars. Another name that might be familiar to you, potentially. Somebody, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right, Scott. Uh, I believe it's Coleen Jones. I think I have Jonas. that right. Uh, yeah, I, think I think it's Yonas, Sean. Jonas. Uh, uh, she's playing lead for Paul Fleming and her son Luke is the second on that squad. So always cool when uh, you can see one of if not the greatest certainly in the conversation greatest women uh player of all time or at least yeah. a Canadian of all time like you know uh, at an event still kicking it doing her thing. So always cool.
1: No doubt, no doubt Colleen Jones. Whoa, maybe the GOAT. If yes. it's not Jones, it's Colleen Jones. It's a Jones either way.
0: Yeah, and then you you know, you wonder how Schmerler fits with uh, just not having the opportunity to to win as many uh, uh, unfortunately tragically so but those three I think right are yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you know if you could take the first pick someone else could take the second pick I'll be fine taking the third pick out of those three you know absolutely so uh so really cool to uh to see her there uh Ontario is in the mix at five and two the golden God Scott uh, that's Scott McDonald is skipping that team.
1: Yeah, with uh, our friend Laurietti there playing third yeah. and uh, guest of the podcast, Matthew Hall. Uh, yeah. Second. So, uh, you know, that's uh, obviously a team that we root for being here from Ontario. Uh, Jamie Cooey is up there at five and two as well. Sean Meacham, Sean, one of your favorites out of I Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting at the uh, six and one, I think, right now. So, a lot still to be decided in this championship pool. Uh, Tyler Smith from PEI uh, managed to crack on into the championship pool at two and five somehow. Uh, I think pool it was pool B. Or yeah, pool the pools was, didn't
0: they didn't seem mixed well. I have to say,
1: yeah, very top heavy at pool A. Like he finished fourth in the pool with a two and four record, yeah. uh, tied with Jean Luc Morissette or Pierre Luc uh from Quebec. So uh, managed to get through on the tiebreakers that way. And yeah, so a, a bit askew, you know, with the teams with below 500 records at the bottom, but uh, you know what? There's still a lot to be decided and it should be a fun weekend.
0: Yeah. So this event is just a semifinal and final situation, no page, anything like that. So top four will get in. So good luck to all the folks out there in Barry and certainly uh you know, it's, it's fun when you kind of know people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, kinda I mean, cool. the mixed is a fun event anyway. Right. Cause it's, it's like a good blend of experienced curlers and up and coming young curlers and maybe yeah. some curlers that are, uh, whose glory days are behind them, but they're still good enough to, to compete at this level. And yeah, it's like just kind of, kind of a cool event.
0: Yeah, it's the only we've been to we've been fortunate enough now, Scott, to be at a lot of national events, not as players, but we've been (laughs) at national events. It's the only one where I've ever seen the the rec level tradition of sitting with the opponent, having a drink, having a snack potentially after the game. That's the only national level event where I've seen that actually happen. And yeah, yeah. people come off the ice and they do the hangout and, and even if they're not having a drink, they're, they're going to sit with the opponent for a little bit. That doesn't happen at a Brier or a Scotties or certainly it doesn't happen in view of anything, but I do think the guys and the men and women at those events just sort of get changed, leave. I mean, there's a lot more pressure and focus and all that kind of stuff. The mixed is more of a social event, but it is kind of cool to see people come off, take their you know, Team Alberta jacket, put it on the back of a chair and just sit and hang out.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty neat, Sean, for sure. And th- that's the kind of event that the, they run in curling clubs uh, yeah. traditionally. And uh, yeah, it's it's like a good one. I'm glad to see it getting more national exposure um, for sure, for sure. So it'll be cool to see how, how the weekend shakes out.
0: Absolutely. So good luck to those folks. Another piece of news this week we have a john morris sighting he has put together a team a men's team not for full-time play for a couple of events they're going to play in the saskatchewan tour event coming up in a little bit uh, scott you
1: also said they're going to play this weekend next weekend uh the original 16 there's there an original 16 bond there, that is a thing on the
0: calendar. I, I don't know what the dates are for, but it is it is certainly an event. So the team is John Morris, Braden Muscawy making his return. I haven't really seen him since before the Olympic trials. Dustin Kidby and DJ Kidby, and it was Dustin who played for years with Matt Dunstone. Dustin Kidby has played with John Morris before, and his brother DJ is on this team. So again, this isn't a full-time team. Maybe they'll put in for the Saskatchewan Provincial. Who knows? Why not? But yeah. they're not going to be a full-time touring team. They're going into a couple of events. So John Morris, I Scott, he is the Hotel California of curlers. <laughs> he just... He can't leave. He he always says he's going to leave. He's like, all right, no more of this four person stuff, but he's always kicking around. And, uh, I do look forward to, you know, whenever the time comes and like an asteroids coming that John Morris is just on a curling rink. <laughs> always Sean.
1: <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to have him around. I, I, really like, like he's probably my favorite curler from when I was young and, you know, wanting to be like that slamming brooms. and <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. The original 16 is a spiel this weekend, November 10th to 12th in Calgary. So uh we'll see, uh, see how that goes. See if they're kicking around there that weekend. So yeah, uh, I think it's always interesting to, to get to hear what John Morris is going to do. Yeah. Uh I remember my friends during the Olympics in 2010, all the ladies thought John Morris was really cute, so uh they wanted to know more about curling because of that. <laughs> uh so he's like a, it's just a long-time figure in Canadian curling. Mm-hmm. It's uh what do those banners say at the Ottawa Curling Club? It's 96 is uh his uh, yeah, juniors
0: 96 97 that range,
1: yeah. Yeah, in that range there. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's always interesting tidbit of news when this comes up. Absolutely, yeah. Him and Bradley Gushu playing together <laughs> in that uh, oh,
0: yeah, in that right. world championship. So, uh, so yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. And then finally, on the tour this week, it is a Grand Slam. Scott, do you know which one it is?
1: It's the National. Do you know who the sponsor
0: is right now?
1: So it used to be Boost, right? Correct. Of the famous Kanye West lyric, I drink a boost for breakfast and ensure for dessert. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to flex a little bit on that. Um, Yeah, I think it's a farm thing. Is it Coyote Tractors?
0: It is Coyote Tractors. Very well done. Yes, it's the Coyote National. This event is taking place out in Nova Scotia, Pictou County at the Pictou county wellness center as we sit here thursday of course it is now on tv Sportsnet has deemed it worthy at this point so we have 16 teams men's and women's they are technically divided into four pools but you don't play anybody in your pool we've talked about this before so there's the four pools and you basically pool a will play pool b and pool c will play pool d and that's how you get your four games So that's how it goes on both the men's and the women's side. uh, Quarters to semis to finals, the typical Grand Slam playoff event. One thing I did notice, Scott, that we did not talk about a couple weeks ago. It does say in the rules of the slam that moving forward, there are no more tiebreakers at Grand Slam events.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's all coming down to DSC or LSD. Whatever terminology is in uh, in in on mode right now, I but think DSC the, LSD, LSD just has some other connotations to it. Oh yeah, I wonder what. <laughs> um. So so yeah, no more tiebreaker games. So it sort of is emphasizing the importance of that uh, draw shot challenge, which we've also seen uh, emphasized in importance at Curling Canada events and World events uh most recently so yeah and but I, the thing is like when you only play four games th- there's going to be a plethora of teams at two and two yeah. this seems like the best way to do it
0: yeah rather than have those tiebreaker events because that way you're going tiebreaker quarter semi all on saturday and that's kind of tough for the players to do so yeah you, yeah, yeah you and don't i to. mean if
1: the the argument is like if you don't want to be in a tiebreaker like win yeah and if you aren't a tiebreaker make sure you had a good uh draw shot challenge absolutely so i think though scott we
0: should call this something we should call this lack of tiebreakers something so i'm just gonna suggest that as the rules come in place and i, I think this is the last kind of major important event that is getting rid of tiebreakers we just call it the vic rule Ah, the Vic rule. I like that. Yeah. So uh, not not draw proof. out challenge. Yeah. Not not DSC. Not LSD. Anything like that. It's just uh, we're going to the Vic rule.
1: Yeah. Who's leading in Vic rule?
0: Yeah. So that's my Love proposal. You go with that, and uh, yeah, no tiebreakers. That's the Vic rule. Side let's note. Let's get
1: Vic... that. Uh, just let's get that trending uh, all over curling Twitter and yeah. curling blue sky if there is such a thing and and all the the socials tell your friends just call yep. it the vic rule.
0: Yeah, let's make it a thing. It'll be our contribution to the world of curling. Or at least to the lexicon yes. of the world of curling. And to actually have something like that. So, a uh, side note too, Vic posted a photo of his most recent uh, leaf bag uh high and wow. he's way down this year. From what he normally oh, yeah? is. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So kind of strange, strange days up there uh, in Northern Ontario
1: for Vic and the leaves. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm going to look for it.
0: Yeah. Saville tweeted at him. They like, did you cut down some trees? And (laughs) Vic posted just like, oh, don't don't tell anyone. Uh, So, yeah. So, uh, you know, Vic keeping in shape. Got to get ready for that beautiful stretch. That is coming up of Scotty's Briar, Women's Worlds, Men's Worlds. It's a great time of year. Absolutely. So that will, uh, I think that'll do it for the pros, Scott. Anything else from uh, the highest levels of the world to curling? Uh,
1: we, I was thinking about how we were going to talk about the national. And uh, I think we've done a good job of talking about it. But my thought was it's the same event happening again. That some Is the best team in the world going to win? Probably not. Some team is going to win. Great. I, I'm really interested to hear how many people are actually going to watch this. Um, I I want to like dig into rating stuff. I don't know that Sportsnet has to divulge ratings, but uh, I don't know. We'll see because it's the first sort of cold weekend here in Ontario. Uh, it's, it it's pretty cold. It snowed here in Ottawa today, along with some freezing rain and freezing drizzle. So will people be more likely to be inside? Uh, In some parts of the country, it's a long weekend as well. Will that influence uh, how many people are taking part? I'm interested to see. So uh, just a little addendum to our addendum, to our uh, little talk about the Grand Slam. And uh otherwise, no, I, I can't think of anything else. I haven't had any big uh, curling stories tweeted at me or texted to by my friends to me. So that's all I got.
0: All right. Well, I guess that will
1: do it for
0: this week. Thanks everybody for listening. If you have not yet, rate, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff helps the show grow, helps other people find us. Head on over to gamestonespod.com. All the past episodes are there, plus a link to the merch. I have a merch idea, Scott, when we get offline, I'm going to talk to you about it. See if it's a workable merch idea. Uh, So keep an eye out on the merch page and over on social media. We're at game of stones pod on all the things other than Facebook, where we're game of stones podcast. And if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, game of stones podcast at gmail.com. Now, before we go, Scott talked about some of the national teams that are at the mixed we played somebody who has won a national championship on Monday night at the Ottawa Curling Club, and you, as the skip, did not let him score.
1: Yeah, that's right, Sean. You know, it was pretty uh, by-the-book approach to the game. Uh, Started off uh, really clutch by Steph winning the the toss, so uh, props. <laughs> That's to great Steph strategy. yeah on uh, her strategy of winning the toss made a nice uh, had, had like a good opening end. We kept play to the side, had a, a little delicate tap back for two, uh, which I felt really good about when I threw it. and it, like even going down to the to the other end, I knew what weight I wanted to throw. i I knew where to put the broom. so I felt strong. I felt good. And then the second end was really fun uh, where we threw out of order. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened to me before. Uh but yeah. our third only threw one rock and came down and I didn't notice. So then I went to throw and after I threw my first, I was like, "Wait a minute. Their third is still throwing. What's yeah. uh what's happening?" So then It's weird uh, that
0: that was the tip off for us cuz Steph and I were standing there and I was looking at it like, yeah, he's, why is he throwing still? And then I looked down and started counting the stones and I thought,
1: uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's, uh Oh, uh Oh, that's that's trouble. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so as a result, uh, our lead uh, Steph threw the last rock and she didn't throw it exactly how we called it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, a little, a little heavy, a little wide, but I, I made the sweeping adjustment and we got a wick. Yeah, uh, a wick off one on the outside, and ended up sitting three. And Cam yeah. sort of shook his head, looked, laughed a bit, like, "What the hell's going on?" Uh, and then put his draw too heavy, and it snuck through a very small hole. Gave us that steal of three. We were off to the races. Ended up yeah. uh, a lot of pressure in the next end. Sat five. He he had to draw against five and came up short. So. It was done and dusted after that.
0: Yeah, and and I felt bad on the the score of three because, as you said, we had no right to score three and to actually get through the hole he got through with his draw that was heavy. If you were calling that to get through, you'd be like, ah, that's not enough space to get through. Yeah, yeah. Really, it went through, and in the moment, like we're kicking the rocks, and and I kind of apologized to the guys i was like yeah we know we didn't deserve that and yeah. in the moment they didn't seem ready to quite laugh it off yet but uh they i think they got there yeah so that was one of those where you feel kind of bad and, and, and as you're saying when cam went to throw that draw you kind of i was hoping that he would make it because yeah. after you know a bit of a, a bullshit kind of make you uh you don't always want to score that way
1: yeah absolutely it's uh it's one of those things where you just go like, sorry guys. Um, especially after throwing out of order. like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you had done that, it's yeah. You, you're still kind of like, Oh, sorry guys. But the, that we were out of order that it, Steph was throwing the last rock missed it by like, there's, there's no world in which you could say she made the shot other than the result. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and that's, you know, I don't think that's a knock on step. I think she'd be the first one to say that she <laughs> didn't throw that rock. Well, uh, yeah. so it was just a really a weird environment. Yeah, kind of took the the wind out of their sails. And then the five was, well, you got to throw them back. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, ended up, uh, we just drew to the button for eight shots in a row, I think, a couple Pretty takeouts, much. but uh, yeah, just sort of tried to clog up the forefoot and. Ended up stealing one,
0: yeah.
1: on that. So yeah, uh, early night off. Uh, it was that was good. It was our late game. So yeah. nice to get off the ice a little bit earlier and uh, have a refreshment and a visit with everyone. So yeah, I know everyone really likes to follow our our team and our exploits. <laughs> so uh, with that, Sean, we yeah. uh, moved up to the A division for the next Let's round. Try it.
0: Yeah, so we're moving up to A. So we'll see what happens there. Last time it was a short stop in A. We went one and four and moved down to B. We won the right game to not go down two levels. So we'll see what happens this time. This will take us to the end of the calendar year, as will my Thursday team. will take us to, I think, the end of the calendar year. Hopefully, if they do the schedule right, which they didn't last year, in my most humble of opinion, uh, will be at the end of the calendar year in this current draw. Neither of which have started yet. So, both start for me next week. I'm on my bye currently as we speak, and uh, we'll see what happens there. So, uh, we're a quarter of the way through the season, and so far, so good. So far, so good. So, hopefully, those of you who are playing, your season is going well. If not, things can turn around. Everything, as I always say, everything before Remembrance Day is just warm up. So, a lot of time left there in the curling season. We'll be along the ride with you. So until we chat next week, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert.
1: Make the final...